0: My name is Gene Brooks. Thank you for joining me for this podcast, Voices Along the Way. I have a voice for you this evening that will be an amazing story. I'm sitting in Johannesburg, South Africa. It's uh, evening. It's uh, You may be able to hear the crickets, and you may also hear an occasional jet plane takeoff. We're near the airport in Johannesburg. A... Thunderstorm has come through about an hour ago, cooled things off considerably. It's in the 60s. Beautiful night in Africa. And I'm sitting here with my friend, Reverend Stephen Panyababa. He's the president of what is commonly called EQUA, and it's a church network of 10 million believers in Nigeria. Uh, over 3,000 churches. And they have their own mission society and sending their sending three thousand six hundred missionaries uh, out of their own church. Uh, Pastor Stephen, welcome. Thank you. Tell us what EQUA stands for. Uh, EQUA stands for Evangelical Church Winning All. The Evangelical Church Winning All, and and so EQUA is um, sort of a, a daughter of the SIM-related work that took place in Nigeria.
1: Yes it is ekwa uh, uh, is uh, the the offshoot of the churches that were planted by SIM mission work in Nigeria and so when the, they were handed over to the nationals they incorporated a church which uh, was first called evangelical church of west africa uh-huh. uh, but later on uh, it was renamed uh, evangelical church winning all equa
0: okay that's clear
1: okay thank
0: you now um pastor stephen is uh has previously been the head of that uh, evangelical mission society that that uh, is exclusively an equa um entity and he's served as a missionary himself he serves as a, served as a pastor and he's uh, most noted, you might want to know that his last name, Panya Baba, is the name of his father, who had, was previously the head of Equa many years ago. Is that right? Yes, correct. And uh, so, what years did he serve as a president?
1: He served as a president up to, I think, 1994, five.
0: Okay, okay. Yes. And so, um, tell us. Uh, Pastor Stephen, how how you came to know Christ as your Lord and Savior? Uh,
1: I, I was, my, my life is, is, is really a tale of amazing grace of God. Mm. Um, uh, I was, one of my names, uh, less known names among my contemporaries now is Ambatore. And Ambatore means Bature's son. white man's son and the the reason is that I when my mother gave birth to me uh, she was operated upon by a quack doctor
0: a quack doctor yeah wow
1: who was not really qualified Uh, many people died uh, uh, before they discovered that he was not really a qualified doctor Mm. my mother was one of those And because of that... Your mother passed away? Yes, my mother passed away three days after giving birth to me. Oh, my goodness. And because it was a typical African village with no facilities for intensive care, I would have just easily uh, just passed on uh, as one of the statistics of the high infant mortality rate in Africa then. But as God will have it, The SM missionaries had started mission work in our home village. And so uh, they took me in for many months and gave me that intensive care and nurtured me back to life. Before now, uh, they handed me over to my grandmother uh, when I was out of danger. So I acquired my name, Ambaturay, that means white man's son. No, white
0: man's son, because they Uh, took you in. Yes, uh, absolutely. So so back up a minute now. So there were complications with the delivery? Yes. So tell me what happened.
1: What happened was that the the doctor tried to, he he operated on my mother. Uh, He did surgery on my mother. And because he was not a qualified doctor, he almost cut me into pieces, actually. Oh, my and, goodness. And up to today, if you look at the back of my of my neck, you'll see a scar that uh, I got uh, because of the, the surgeon's scar, even at that uh, time that I was being brought out as a baby. Uh, I grew up hearing stories of how many times people felt that uh, I wouldn't make it I was left for dead. People thought I had died, Uh, but then after some time, they saw me breathing again. And uh, that was how God just uh, literally just decreed that I should live. Wow. Uh, See, I can see the Uh, scars. Yeah, these scar-
0: the scars were from the instruments, and they pierced the right behind your ear. It appears. Yes. 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 And and went in the area of your neck and uh, under your where your brain would be located. So. Yes.
1: And up to t- today, I'd have no sense of smell, and yeah. I believe it has to do with what happened to wow. me at, at childhood. Wow. So, wow. Yes. So that was really what happened, and uh, thank God for the SM missionaries who took me in for many months and just gave me that intensive care and nurtured me back to life again. Amen. Yeah.
0: Amen. So how did you come
1: to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. I grew up, uh, uh, my father was already, I'm actually uh, a third generation Christian. It was my grandfather that first gave his life to Christ. Uh, under the S.M. missionaries' uh, ministry. Then uh, my father uh, gave his life to Christ. And by the time I was uh, born, my father was already a missionary and had gone to the mission field and served as a missionary for several years. But at that point in time, they had been called back home because there was a need for, for... for him to pastor the the home church you know for for some time before he will go back to the mission field again mm-hmm. so it was at that point that i was given back to so i i grew up in a family that was already christian uh-huh. uh, exposed to the gospel and so on but the time that i really gave my life to christ was at the age of about five six and that was during the gaslight. I say gaslight preaching of one of the early converts. Mm. In fact, the first convert in my tribal land, in Karuland, in Bajiland, called Yepui. Yepui was the first convert, and he used. He was an evangelist, an itinerant uh, evangelist who used to go up and down in the night with uh, this gas lamp, then we, we knew <laughs> it as a gas lamp, and you you know, it was a, it was a real gas lamp and you wow. pump it and be moving up and down and, and you will be preaching. And I remember on this particular day, uh, in a certain part of the village, he preached that day that uh, Jesus was going to come back again, but only those uh, whose sins have been washed away by his blood, uh-huh. uh, uh, will he take back with him to heaven? And that the blood of animals, uh, which we, we could often see our pagan, you know, uh, elderly ones uh, shedding in, in sacrifice to idols, he mm-hmm. said the blood of animals could not wash away our sins, not any blood could wash away our sins. Only the blood, the holy blood of Jesus will wash a person away from his sin. And he, at the end, made an altar call and asked uh, who was ready to be washed by the blood so that if Jesus came back, if Jesus were to come back, you will go to go with him and be with him in heaven. And even though I'm a little child, I can still recall the sin very vividly. Wow. I raised my hand yeah. and went forward and he he, he just prayed for us uh, and uh, committed us into the hands of God. I guess even he himself would never have thought uh, I was making uh, such a small child like me was making any serious commitment uh-huh. that day. <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe he would have thought the adults that gave their life to Christ that day were really his uh, his real converts. But Today, uh, I often, often remember that scene, as the date that I cross over from eternal death to eternal life. Amen. Yeah. Five or
0: six years old. And yes. you understood. That is is the, uh, the evangelist, you said his name
1: is Yupi. Yoypi. Yepui. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Is he still living? Uh, he he lived for very long. He, he lived till he was, I think, 110 wow. or four years old. Yeah, but. Did he, he always carry that fire for evangelism? He did, he did, for a very, very long time. Towards the end of his life, he got too old to really move about and so on. And so the, uh, you're from what tribe? From Baji tribe. Okay. Baji tribe is a well-known tribe in the central part of Nigeria, especially the new federal capital Abuja. Okay. It's considered a Baji land. A Baji land, okay. Yeah, Baji land. Yeah.
0: Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. And so tell me how you you're living out your calling to
1: to uh, serve Christ today. Well, often when I talk about my calling, I believe it started at that time that the missionaries must have taken me in. I, I have a sense that those missionaries must have prayed over that baby mm-hmm. that was in their intensive care so delicate and Do you remember their names? No, I can't remember because there was no way even I could know them.
0: Nobody ever told you who they were.
1: No. (laughs) You know. But then I'm sure they must have prayed over me. Uh, I don't have the evidence, but I'm sure when I get to heaven, uh, I I think they will have a role to play. But (laughs) then uh, over the years, I grew up and um, seeing my dad as a missionary. Yeah. And, you know, mission work in were it's always been sacrificial. Yeah. So we grew up seeing the sacrifice that our dad was making.
0: Oh,
1: oh. Uh, it, it wasn't too easy. We too came into it. Uh, we had nowhere to sleep in our home because missionaries were... Always coming in then. My dad was a mission director. You had to give up your bed. Yeah, we had to give up our beds <laughs> many times. <laughs> you know, one time we are sleeping in the kitchen, the next time we are sleeping <laughs> in the living room, and the next time we are. So we, we all grew up as part of the mission family and, and going through all the. And then, you know, following our dad up and down. So, in a sense, uh, the mission work didn't really hold any attraction to us. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> and so we kept on praying and working hard and reading hard in, in, in our school, so that we saw schooling, uh, and getting educated as our own way out of, an escape from poverty and, and uh-huh. all this sacrificial kind of lifestyle, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. make a good living so for So you ourselves. didn't want any part of mission work? No, 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 we really didn't want, <laughs> I, I didn't. So, and as God will have it, you know, uh, the Lord blessed me, and I was doing well in my studies, and I went to London uh, to study at the very young age of 16, I was just about 16. What school did you get to? I went to London School of Accountancy wow uh, and started reading for my professionals and god did a wonderful thing in fact it's it's a long story actually the way I went to london was just a miracle it was just divine intervention but but then uh, just before I could finish I could qualify as a certified accountant mm-hmm. a certified chartered accountant Uh, Something happened God kind of put a break on me. What happened? Uh, Like I said, I I really didn't want to start the the long story, but yeah, let me just say that In my secondary school I did so well So well excellently and everything but then when I went to the school of business studies, which was like just uh, a preliminary kind of uh, studies before you start your degree a pre-degree kind of study yeah. I, I failed you, you failed know, yes and that was in, in Nigeria were you shocked I was of course more than shocked in fact uh, I, I I was better dead than buried <laughs> <laughs> you know so so my uh, like I said I didn't really want to give this story because it's a long story but then my sister you know that I was staying with then you know Told me, she, she said, Look, Steve, uh, I know how you are feeling. You are feeling so bad and everything. But just 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 draw closer to God. Let this, this experience draw you closer to God. uh uh-huh. and, and one day, she quoted Romans 8.28. She said, Romans 8:28 says, God works for the good of all those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. I say, if you, if you allow this experience to draw you closer to God, one day, one day, you are going to, to talk about this experience laughing because God will have just turned everything around for your good, you know. And and wise sister, yeah. And I just thought. She was just giving me false comfort. Uh-huh. In the first place, I thought I was not the only one that failed that exam. So what what should make my fellow different?
0: Uh-huh. You
1: know, and then after we've talked, I went and sat down alone. And I said, God, well, you know, if I really get more serious with you now, like my sister said, people will say it's because I failed my exams. And and Lord, I just I just don't want to be more serious with you because because I failed my exam. If you will help me, get me out of this. When I have really, really gotten out of this, then I will come back to you and people will know that it's not because I failed. Yeah. You know, so get me out of this. (laughs) And when I come back to you, and everybody will know that it's not because I failed my exams. And... I'm sure the Lord must have been just smiling at me and saying, look at this one. In a miraculous way, it's too... It's a lot of story. I've written... A, I have manuscripts of the book I've written on this. Okay, But in a miraculous way, God made me, through my sister's husband, got me admission in London. And even those scholarship opportunities... Had close. Wow. God, God opened up, up a way in the very, very miraculous very way. I got a scholarship. Wow. And then went to study in London. I, I went to London to study not because I excelled at home. It was because I failed. Mm. And that is the an answer to your prayer. Yeah. It, it's a miracle. Normally you know the government will not give you scholarship because you failed. You fell, but because you excel but i went as a as a result of failure
0: my goodness you
1: know and it, it's the way god had done it like i said it's 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 a story if you hear how yeah god did it it was really 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 a miracle and now i went uh-huh to london and when i arrived <laughs> in london I started reading again, it was a tough professional course and so on. At the end of one year, here I was a fellow from home in a different culture. Mm-hmm. I was now again feeling so inferior. In my class were white Asians, Caribbeans, people from all over the world because yeah. it was really a professional accounting yeah. course. So and I was a fellow. So I felt so inferior. And I I just kept praying, Lord, just help me out of this. And one year after, guess what God did? I came back and I was told that I got a call from the association. And the man said he was calling back again. I waited for the call again. Now, in my mind, I was wondering what I had done wrong. Maybe my registration didn't go through. Maybe I, I didn't write my papers very well. Uh-huh. Maybe I forgot to even write my exams number very well. So and you're they went, worried? I was really worried. Only to hear from the association, just one year after the failure at home, that I had now, apart from passing two levels, which was really a great thing, I had now come top worldwide <laughs> of the association exam. Oh, <laughs> what? You top, were top worldwide? Worldwide of the association foundation exams, level one foundation exam. Oh, my goodness. And it, it 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 was, you you can imagine the swing.
0: <laughs> yeah, from failure. From a failure
1: back yeah. home in Nigeria yeah. to being top worldwide. From and first then to first. They told me then that, uh, my ambassador, Nigerian ambassador to to UK, had been invited for a special reception for me. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and it 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 was something else. And wow. then they had held this special reception for me. And suddenly, my name, my my my, my pictures were in the papers all over Nigeria, in international <laughs> magazines, and and everything. Now, God did His own part. Ask me if I went back to God again. No. I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. Instead, you know, they gave me a cash gift, which I bought a very nice, sophisticated music set. Uh huh. And then it was partying. And Nigerians trust them when they knew you had a very nice, sophisticated uh, music set like I got. Uh-huh. I, I had them. They will always invite you to come and <laughs> <laughs> And the Lord, the Lord kept silent. Went for the other parts of my exams, and I was just, I was just passing through, just like yeah, I was, I was heading. To qualifying as a chartered accountant at the age of 22. Wow! You know, which was, I mean, for for, for anybody then, it was something else. Yes. At the age of 22, I, I was I was heading to qualifying as a chartered accountant. My goodness. When just the final exams, just before the final exam, I was left with two papers that I couldn't. I couldn't pass and I just didn't understand why huh and those two papers took me two years two years two years just to see two papers and yet I had just passed other levels just just like that at city so what but, was the Lord doing it was during that time that I began to pray again <laughs> I began to pray and to pray and to pray and then one day when I was really praying, I said, God, what is happening? I'm so sorry. And then that small still voice. Yeah. I heard that small still voice saying, You said you will come back to me if I got you out of the situation. You never did. And honestly, it was almost like audible. And that day I remember it very well. My London room alone. Yeah, I started weeping and crying, and I said, "God, I'm sorry. Mm. I I really, really admit. I really admit that. Except you helped me to come back to you, I can't on my own. Amen. And I asked God for forgiveness. I repented. I told Him I was so sorry, and I I really told Him I I needed Him to help me come back. And that I couldn't do it on my own. Yeah. You know. And then from that day, I started reading the scriptures again. Yes. And it was like it was being literally absorbed Mm. into me. From Genesis to Revelation, I just started going through the scriptures. And it was like I was absorbing the scripture literally in me. And, you know, I became on fire for the Lord. I started door-to-door witnessing Street Evangelism <laughs> in London. In London. I started, wow. you know, anywhere I go, on, on on, the tube station, if I just met someone that was just standing there, yeah. hello, good evening. Yeah, I um, just want to let you know about the Lord and, and, and things like that. Or do you believe in God? I, I was just on fire. Wow. For the Lord. And that was the time I recommitted my life to Christ again. And by the time I did that, suddenly even the accounting qualification didn't mean anything to me.
0: So did you finish your accounting degree?
1: I Once God got my attention again, do you know, in just six months' time, the next diet that I sat, I qualified. <laughs> but... <laughs> but... And I qualified at the age of twenty-four, wow. which was still
0: incredibly young. Yeah,
1: yeah, incredibly young.
0: Yeah. If yeah. I,
1: by the time I qualified and came back home to Nigeria, yeah, not many people really believe I was qualified.
0: Most of our readers would know it as a CPA, yeah, a certified yeah, exactly. public accountant. Yeah. So you, so that you receive that kind of thing at
1: twenty-four, 24 years yes, old. Yes. Yeah. And that. you know, people. Found it difficult to believe I was a qualified, uh, uh, chartered, certified, and chartered accountant. Wow. They, they found it difficult, especially in Africa. It was something uh, that was unbelievable to most people. So, but then, what really brought me back home was no longer that ambition to be something. To be a big man, make a lot of money, and you know, he burned that out of you. Uh, no, no, that it, it was no longer there. What brought me home was the fact that I felt I would be a better witness for the Lord Jesus in in my cultural context. You know, even though I started witnessing on the streets of London, yeah, going for door-to-door evangelism and so on, but. I, I felt I would be much much more uh, useful and f- fruitful within my cultural context so when people were telling me no you just continue take out your job there and, and and make a living make a good living for yourself and so I wouldn't just listen I just so you, rush back. so
0: you walked you walked away with that qualification CPA you walked away
1: and didn't use it yeah I came back home. And for for a while, you know, I started working the in the banking industry.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: I, I actually started working the banking industry, but along the way, the desire to to really uh, be more involved and engage in the ministry was growing stronger and stronger and stronger. The problem I had was that one. By my own understanding and definition of uh, holiness then, I felt I wasn't really holy enough to go into ministry. That was one big problem. (laughs) That was one big problem. By my own understanding of Uh holiness and so on. And then secondly, another thing was the fact that um, I felt there were people that I felt were more faithful to the Lord than more used of God that we are still doing their their work as bankers, as accountants and so on. Yeah. And 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 really serving the Lord. So I felt if I was not even doing as much as these people and yet they were not called into full-time ministry, well why would I think that God <laughs> Was calling me into full-time uh, ministry so uh-huh. because of this uh, I, I really doubted if God was really really calling me or it wasn't just my my my, my own desire and, and, and interest uh-huh. and because of that for a very very long time for a very very long time I resisted the, the call I was very very hesitant but one day my my father i met my dad and i said look i don't know if it's really god or not but it's like i'm having a very strong desire for for ministry and to, to go into ministry but i'm not just sure and his first advice was well if you will feel so why don't you take a step let uh-huh. um, me start part-time seminary and be praying and see if it is gospel. Uh-huh. So, he even linked me up with an SM missionary, Rick Smith. Okay. Rick Smith was organizing part-time seminary courses and uh, for uh, SM missionaries uh-huh. and others who wanted to join. And there was a professor uh, called Dr. Philip Sten.
0: Uh-huh. incidentally
1: he was from south africa okay yeah that will come and hold some modules. uh-huh yeah it was in a modular form
0: uh-huh module yeah yeah, yeah.
1: so i got enrolled in rick smith's um seminary uh, part-time seminary okay. while still working as an accountant okay you know and um i, I went for the first model and um when I went, we were talking and uh, Professor uh, Philip Stein, yep. that came from South Africa, after one session, he, he said he wanted to see me. So uh, I, I went and met him mm-hmm. in his, in his uh, uh, apartment in Miango, actually the yep. part-time seminar was taking place in Miango, mm-hmm. raised from Equa. Uh, and he said, "Look, he's been listening to my contributions in, in the class. Yeah, and he has reason to believe God has a very strong call on my life. But he was wondering what what was my plan, what was I doing about it. Uh huh. So he's encouraging you he, in your calling. Yeah, and, but he didn't know the struggle I was having. Uh huh. So I. I prayed, I I, I told him, look, up to now, I'm kind of in a decision valley. I didn't know if it's really God calling or not, but uh, I will appreciate his prayer. And he prayed. Uh He prayed very, very earnestly for me, for God to make his college. Now, before I came for that um, seminary uh, course, I had been praying to God and telling him, I really, really would want to know if he wanted me to go into full-time mission work Uh or not. Okay. And so, I told him, if he wasn't calling me into full-time mission work, I wanted him to get me, just open the doorway for me to get the best job there was in Nigeria, where (laughs) I could make a lot of money and support mission work in a very big way. (laughs) You know, if... It wasn't his will for me to just let him just bless me with the best paying job in Nigeria. Uh And I'll make a lot of money, I promise him, and I'll support Mission Work in a very big way. So what I did was to throw in applications to different places. Uh And then I also applied to seminaries and said lord i'm going to pray and see what you are saying about this okay so immediately after that um, part-time seminary program the first model uh-huh. i came back home and said lord now is the time i'm fed up staying in the decision valley i'm going to go on prayer and fasting one week prayer and fasting and i'm going to trust you to just make it Very clear to me. You sure be clear. Yeah. (laughs) And so I went into one week praying and fasting. Praying and fasting. Yeah. And then by the end of the week, on the Saturday that I was going to to end my prayer and fasting, the situation became even more confusing. Are you serious? Because on that day, I got admission to... Equa Theological Seminary Ibaja, which is one of our seminaries, uh-huh. and on the same day, and I'm not exaggerating, on the same day, I got an interview letter to go as uh, financial control controller to to Sheraton, Sheraton Hotel, the Sheraton Hotel controller in Abuja, yeah. in, Abuja in Abuja, Nigeria. Nigeria. <laughs> so, wow. I, I became more confused. I said, God, I've been praying for you to make clear what your will is, and then today I'm ending up with this? What kind <laughs> of thing is this? So I rushed to my father.
0: Yeah, your father, who by now was very well known across Nigeria yeah, as the president
1: it, of Equa Of ECWA, yes. So I went to him. I said, Dad, this is what happened. I decided that I was fed up staying in the decision valley, yeah. and I went on one week prayer and fasting, that God will show me for sure what He wanted me to do. What He say? This is this is even more confusing. <laughs> yeah. Here is admission letter to Equatorial Theolo- uh, Theological Seminary, Baja, and here is Abuja Sheraton letter. And in fact, the the people had. I told my boss then, where I was working, that they wanted to pick one of his workers. Ah. <laughs> it, it, it was, going for that interview would have just been a formality for me. So you had the job, basically. Yeah, I had I had the job, basically. So, and my dad listened to me, and I said, Dad, all I want is to know if it is God calling me or not. But now I'm even more confused. Yes. If it is him, I'm ready to go. But if it's not him, I won't dare go in because I don't really feel adequate. I'm qualified to go into full-time ministry. Yeah. You know, I'm not holy. No, but I, I really don't have what it takes. And then he listened and he said, Well, my son, you are... 11 of you in our family. 11 children. 11 children. Yes. And God has blessed all of you. And he said, all this while, we've always rejoiced and say we really thank God for His grace and for His blessing over us Yeah. But one concrete way of showing God that we are really grateful is for one of you to go into the ministry. And he said, you know, if you go in to the full-time ministry, you just it's not quite it, but at least you will be a tithe for us from the family. <laughs> you'll be a tithe. <laughs> yeah, you'll be a tithe for us. So uh, we'll be very, very grateful if you go as a tithe. <laughs> so he was God. tithing
0: one of his children, children to the kingdom. Yes,
1: yeah. But he said, all this while, he had been secretly praying that god will call one of his children to the ministry Uh but he knew that ministry involves a lot of challenges and sacrifice Mm -hmm. especially in the setting of equa yes it's really a lot of sacrifice we grew up seeing it and that is why i think most of us didn't think of you ran from it (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know and he said so he knows that it has to be a calling That is why he never suggested it to any one of us. It absolutely does, doesn't it? He wanted to see if God would really call one of us. What a wise man. But he said, since I had reached the point of coming to him and asking him for advice, at that stage he felt he had the responsibility to advise me to go all the way. Wow. <laughs> that he would be failing in his responsibility as a father. Yes. Not to encourage me to, to just go all the way. Yes. You know. and But then he said, he knows my problem is this. If it was really God calling me. I wanted to know if it was really God calling me. And he said, look, he wished God would just send an angel to tell us. This is my plan for you, and <laughs> that would that nice, will end it. it. That would have been nice, he said. Yeah, but let's say, in absence of God sending an angel, let's look at it this way if it is God calling you and you refuse to go because you have been tempted by what you will get from the world in terms of statues, wealth and yeah. everything
0: yeah he said
1: well God can allow you and you will go into the world and he will even he can even allow you to make the money that you want yeah rise to the position but with a lot of sorrows and at the end at the end like Jonah God will make the world to vomit you out so that you go and answer his call my goodness yeah. Wow. He said God will make the world to vomit you out after you've suffered so much pain and sorrow like Jonah. That's a strong word of warning. Yeah. And you will still have to fulfill his calling for your life. But he said, but if it is not God calling you and it's just your strong desire for 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 you know, for for ministry or whatsoever, and you are making a mistake, he said, let me advise his son, if you will ever make a mistake on this, make it on the side of God, because when you make a mistake on the side of God, he knows how he will take care of it in the future. Wow. And when my dad said, if you will make a mistake, make sure you make it on the side of God, I just told him, dad, I'm no longer going for Sheraton interviews." I'm going, yes. for training in Ibaja <laughs> to be a missionary. <laughs> and wow. that was how now I decided, went and resigned my job. Wow. Yeah, I resigned my job and then went uh, took off and, and 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 went for training in in Equa Theological Seminary, Ibaja. Where And the reason, actually, we we had this uh, plan to go as missionaries to South Sudan after our training. Uh, But then it didn't quite work out Uh exactly the way we wanted. But uh, no regret, God (laughs) had his own plan for us. Uh, And we are so happy and grateful for the way that the Lord has uh, laid us and has brought us to this stage.
0: So you ended up pastoring a church for a while. Yes. And then you ended
1: up as the uh, head of the Evangelical Mission Society. Exactly. Uh, what happened was, after my training in the Equa Theological Seminary, Baja, I came back and SM was trying, we are working with SM, to see if I could get papers to go uh, as uh, so that we could go as uh, missionaries to South uh, Sudan then. Uh-huh. But it, that one will not work. So yeah. while we were waiting, uh, the Abuja district, uh, Garki district church council, uh-huh. Ekwa Garki district church council, which was in the federal capital city of Abuja, uh-huh. uh, requested for us uh, from EMS, you know, yeah. uh, to, to, to be seconded to them to do some urban church planting Walk while we wait for the Sudan option. Okay, to so
0: you went into urban church planting, planting in, Abuja, in Abuja, Nigeria, yeah. yeah, which is the capital.
1: Yeah, which is the capital. And yeah, it was it was really starting from ground zero. Uh, I was taken to the undeveloped part. Abuja was not developed then,
0: okay. So I was
1: just taken to one bush uh, in the undeveloped part of Abuja, and I was told this is where the church would be. Uh. <laughs> So, I had to now get a bulldozer, arrange for a bulldozer to come and clear the ground, you know. So, you literally started from the ground up. From the ground up we started. But the Lord did a wonderful thing. God's grace, God's grace was mighty, mighty, mighty upon us. Amen. You know, and the Lord moved, you know, was walking, walking through, through us there. The Lord worked to establish that that church and the, at a point gave us a mission uh, vision for the church uh-huh. and the church became the most mission minded and has remained the most mission minded church. How many missionaries the are you Erkua. supporting? We, for the first time in the history of Equa, uh, that church uh, rose to support up to 30 EMS missionaries. 30 missionaries. Yeah, 30, wow. which which is couples, which is really 60. 60 people. 60 people. Uh, apart from going to mission fields and really investing a lot in mission fields and so on, but then I, I didn't know, and that was the time uh, that. Uh, uh, In Equa, nothing like that had been heard of before. Uh, It was like a revolution altogether. Uh, And at that point, uh, the Equa headquarters, the Equa executive, then said, "When the opportunity came for the position of director of missions in Equa EMS, Uh you know, they now moved me. They moved you there from that church, and they transferred me to go and head the the mission." Uh, um, EMS of How long did you lead the EMS? For six years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, because the mission vision was really given, came from God, that church continued to increase its mission commitment. And today, that church is supporting 100 EMS missionary. Cultures. Wow. That means 200 missionaries. Wow. Up to today. Just they, one church? It, yeah. Just wow. one church. They, it was the the mission. You know everything about that church became missions, 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 and every every pastor that was transferred to that church came in and he saw that the church was sold out for missions and he just <laughs> any pastor that was transferred there would just queue <laughs> into yeah. the mission mission. In fact, one pastor remarked that. If you come to this church and you are not interested in mission, you won't survive. <laughs> you well, know, you that's won't a great survive. place to
0: be. Yeah,
1: yeah. He said, if you come to this church and you are not mission, you, you are not interested in mission. You will not survive, you know. And so, so now you're the president of the churches. Uh, yeah, and it's very interesting because uh, if you look at what God has done now, uh, it's, it's just a mystery real real mystery because um my my dad started as a missionary pastor in his ministry yeah God started off with me as a missionary, missionary pastor pastor my dad was later transferred to the equa headquarters as director of EMS <laughs> for eighteen years wow I too was transferred by the EQUA executive to EQUA headquarters (laughs) as director of EMS. My dad became foreign missions director at the point, foreign missions uh, coordinator. I too became foreign missions coordinator. Wow. And my dad ended up his ministry in EQUA, you know, as EQUA president. Mm. And then God again has now brought literally is like Following
0: after the Wow, And it wasn't of sort of thing where he said, I want my son to be. No! This was the people of the churches doing this.
1: If you know the structure of leadership in Equa, you know that that is impossible.
0: For a son to for, follow for his, for his father. For a son
1: to follow his father that way. It, it is un, purely, purely an act of God. Wow. It's in, just impossible if you know. I mean, even if I was committed to missions and so on, there's no way that anyone would have forced it on the EQUA executive to make me EMS director again. No. Wow. Wow. It, It was just ghost doing. And then, of course, to be EQUA president involves an electoral process. So you had to be elected. Yeah, you had to be elected. So it's not a matter of... Anybody influencing anything?
0: Uh-huh.
1: It has to be God moving in the hearts of uh, about how many people? <laughs> this is district about eighty-four district uh, church chairmen, eighty-four wow. district church secretaries, wow. and eighty-four uh, delegates. Did at you, least most of them. Because ECO has
0: eighty-four districts. Districts, yeah.
1: So it has to be God moving on the hearts of most of them. To say this is the person, my goodness! That we were. So, how long so have I mean, you
0: been the president? Just eight months now. Eight <laughs> months. So you're new in this role. Yeah. You married? I'm married with five children. Yeah, five children. Oh, so you're an African
1: man. Yeah. All right. And, and and one very interesting aspect I would like to say is, you know, when uh, my father told me, and uh, and he said that he said he he started saying this. When I was first appointed EMS uh, director, uh-huh. he, he said on the way he heard that I've been appointed EMS director, he called the family and he said, I have a confession to make. <laughs> and everybody was like, what is it that... Uh, yeah, what was it? Dad was to say, he said, you know, Steve, when your mother died, after giving back to you, just three days after giving back to you, I, in, in the period of my anguish and, and darkness, I just felt like the world had come to an end. And I, I cried out to God and I said, God, why, why, why didn't this child just, just, why wasn't the child that just died so that you leave my, my wife for me? How, yeah. What do you want me to do with with time. six children and and a little baby, how how can I cope? Yeah, with and you were the little baby. And, yes, and I was the little baby. Wow. How can I? How can I? How do you want me to cope with the ministry and, and and this now?
0: And grieving Why, his wife.
1: Yes, That you, you this child should have just gone so that you spared my my wife for me to take care. At least you help me take yeah. care of these children. Yeah. But then he said, and that was about forty something years later wow. when he said how could i have ever known that god that the very child i told god should have just gone would wow. be the child that god had laid his hand on my goodness to bring up to follow exactly after my footsteps?" and that was just at the stage that I had been appointed EMS director, and he and, knew wow. that he was EMS director so yes And, back and, and now, nobody knew about the presidency. No, no, no. At that point, nobody, nobody was thinking about the presidency. You know. Wow. But then he started confessing then. I said, God should forgive him that in his ignorance and in darkness, he judged God. You know,
0: yeah,
1: but then he now then years later, after I had become EMS director, finished my tenure, you know had gone in to start Equa television Ministry for Equa and so on.
0: uh-huh, and
1: then one day he was at home and he got a call, and he was told, "Your son, Stephen, this, has been elected Equa president." <laughs> And then he wept. <laughs> he
0: wept. What else can you do? What else? What an incredible story, Stephen.
1: On the day of the inauguration, he confessed on television and he, it was being televised.
0: Wow, exactly he the same story. The
1: same story. He said, <laughs> wow. in the moment of his grief, he judged God. He said, Peace. That he, will, he he said he will never in his life have dreamed that, that, that God had a plan for this little child. What an amazing story. It, it, it's just amazing. And, you know, so you come back again to Romans eight twenty-eight 28, that my sister <laughs> quoted for me. And that now, time.
0: here we're sitting <laughs> laughing. Laughing. <laughs> just <laughs> like, like she said. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know. You know, and I've, I've given this testimony over and over again and I, I, I tell people I said look Romans 8.28 is true it has worked in my life over and over and over and over again Amen. and I said look in the moments of my dad's grief he will never have known that God was already working something good out of that tragedy of the death of my mother yeah you know it was only 40 something years later when I was appointed EMS director that he he just said God how would I ever dreamt that you were walking something like this out and then years later again I was elected Equa president and you see how could he have ever dreamed that anything good would have walked out of the death of that baby of that yeah that of was my mother, that was my wounded mother. at birth but yeah and left i mean so fragile that it was often thought he was dead wow you know and i said look sometimes it may take one day two days three days and you look by and say oh thank god that thing happened even though it looked bad then but god had a good purpose for it. He He got all the the, glory out of it. But then sometimes like it did for my dad, it took 40 something years before he began to see, oh, yeah, the good that God was (laughs) was all the while working out. And then in its fullness it was 55 years later. Wow. (laughs) When he saw the plan of God coming to fullness. And it's to even to me, it, it sometimes it's like a dream. Yeah. Because literally, literally it's like God said, okay, every footstep that I took you through, I'm going to bring this child that you said should have died, should have gone. I'm going to show you <laughs> that I had great plans for him, And he is the one I will make to follow exactly after your footsteps to glorify me so that you know you will know i am the lord you know uh, uh, and we've just been praising god and it's just I i mean except god nobody yeah nobody could have made this happen yeah yeah
0: you're listening to uh pastor stephen panya baba who is president of the Evangelical Church Winning All, a 10 million member denomination in Nigeria that's related to the SIM mission agency. Uh, And uh, they have over 3,000 churches and that uh, Nigerian church on its own send over 3,600 missionaries all over the world. Pastor Stevens, been great to to spend a few minutes with you and hear your amazing testimony. Thank you. Uh, God bless you.
1: Thank you. God bless you too. The Lord be with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I I, I always said I couldn't.